Okay, we are in Sefer Ezra, Perak Tess, the next to last Perak in Ezra, Pasuk Aleph, Ubechalot Ele Nixu Eli Hasorim. So, Ezra is now in Yerushalayim for at least four months. He has returned the gold and the silver to the Beis Hamikdash, to the custody of the Kohanim, the Lenevim, they have measured it out. It conforms to the exact weight that was initiated at the beginning of the journey. They are into the Avoda, the Beis Hamikdash, when suddenly Ezra is blindsided by a report from the people who are very uh, concerned over a problem that they are facing. He is totally blindsided by it. And let's investigate. So, says Ezra, and when this was over, meaning the adjustment, everything that happened before with the gold-silver transpired, the officers of Israel approached me, Lamar, Lo Nidalu Ha'am Yisrael Vahakohanim Mahlavim Meameho Ratzos the nation of Israel with the Kohanim, with the Levim, have not separated themselves from the Ameho Oretz, the indigenous people of Canaan. Remember, they had been away the whole time. They're back 25 years. There are people there from all nations. They are now intermarrying with them. They are returning to the Toevos, the abominations that existed with the Knani, the Chichi, the Prizi, the Yavusi, the Ammoni, the Moabi, the Mitzri, and the Amori, they have descended back to those abominations. <coughs> How? <laughs> they have taken non-Jewish women for them, these people, and for their sons, and they have mixed the seed of Kedusha, the Ameha Oratzos, with the seed of the Ameha Oretz, the non Jewish nations. The Yad Hasorim Hasganim Hoysah Bamal Hazer And it is ironic, or maybe not so ironic, but that it is the Sorim, the leaders, the officers, that were the first ones into this intermarriage. The Malbin says not necessarily, but it could be they didn't protest, and so therefore it's as if they approved of it. Notice as well, it doesn't say the women took non-Jewish men. And the Mephoshim are quick to point out that the Benos Israel have traditionally been notches above their counterpart as men in their morality. We know that in Egypt, it says, the Gemara says, because of the righteous women, they were delivered from Egypt, that they didn't participate in the depravity of the Egyptians, nor did they participate in the Ego, nor did they participate in the Miraglin. The women have always been beyond this. It is the men 
Moreover, Hillel, were they intermarried in Babel? No. They, so there's no intermarriage in Babel. Yeah, they came back from Babel. They've been there 25 years. Remember, Ezra doesn't come till after 23 years. And they're in the interim. They Hillel, even intermarried. Based on the history of Israel through the uh, uh, Golas to Babel, why would this be surprising to a leader of Israel? That is an excellent question. Let's uh, take it. All right, let's do it first. We are going to see that Ezra reacts in a way that you'd say, what, what is he doing? He's overreacting. Not only that, we're going to learn later, not today, that the most was 131 people out of the whole nation did this. Why such a reaction as you're going to see? It's overdramatic. The answer is no, that Ezra realized at this moment <coughs> that the whole dream of the Geulah of an ultimate redemption with Mashiachus isn't gonna happen. It can't happen now. And it's gonna be thousands of years before it happens and it's Tobias Shlishi. He understands it better than anybody. And he is devastated by it, as we're gonna see. Um, let me just read the Rambam, Hilchos Isurei Bia, uh, where the Rambam speaks of intermarriage. Don't for a second assume this is, this is nothing because as Ramam points out, it doesn't carry with it Malkos, it doesn't carry with Misa, so you might assume, okay, it's nothing. It undermines the whole relationship between God and the Jews. Um, and it can tear away, as we're going to see, the fabric of a society. We see the Gemara tells us that Avram Avinu, his job is to rescue now Jewish souls from Gehenna. He raises them literally from the walls of Gehenna. The exception, those who intermarry. So it is a serious proposition. So when Ezra hear this, uh, when I hear it, karatias bigdi, I tear my outer garment, umeili, my under my jacket, the emrata mishars roshi, I tear the hair from my head, uzekani my beard, the eshwa mishomim, and I sit dumbstruck, stricken into silence on the ground. We know that in Kriya, the minog is you only do the outer. Part. And the reason for that is very interesting because we're mourning for the soul, only his outer thing, his goop is gone. His neshama still survive, so we rip the outer garment. Here, Ezra rips all his clothes. Moreover, he plucks the hair from his beard and his head, a very distinct no-no. It says, lo to do. Jews are not allowed to tear their hair out as a sign of mourning because it is chukas That's the way the goyim, sell, you know, observe their uh, availus, as it were. But it's here, how does he do it? How does he justify it? Because it's not availus for a mace, but he is just out of control. 
And now the Haredim, literally, and Haredim comes from the root of trembling, that they are trembling with fear at what's happening here. What this is happening in exile. I am sitting there silent and dumbstruck. And unable to speak until Minchas Erev, until the nightfall, the Korban Minchas night, Bein Harabayim. Interestingly, Ezra decides on a very clever, I don't know if it's conscious, but it must be, tactic. You're not going to scream at the people. You're not going to give them tochucha. It's not going to work. But what he does is he will deliver in the Beis HaMikdash a real cry from the heart, a, a, a plea, to a vidui, a confession to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, knowing that people know he's in the base HaMikdash, they are going to flock in there and they are going to listen. And interestingly, it has its effect. So, at Mincha, I get up from my fast, we require big deal in my torn clothes, the echra al birkai, and I spread myself out on the floor, therefore shortil hashemalhi on my knees and my palms on the ground. The Umra, and I say, Elohai Bishti Vinichlamti. I am humiliated before you. I am embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to lift my head before you. Our sin goes way up to the heavens. Our guilt is up to the skies. There's nothing I can say. Continues Ezra, this is like going back in our history as if we've learned nothing, that it's in our DNA. We have sinned in this manner till today. Same thing, nothing's changed. And as a result, we didn't get away with it. Because of our sins, we were given over to kings, um, our Kohanim biyad malchei haratzos into the hands of kings, becherev and sword and captivity, ubebiza humiliation, ubeshavas ponim kayom hazet. To this day, we've done this before from inception. We've paid from it for inception. We've learned nothing. Continues Ezra. And it is ironic at this moment. At this moment in time, the Kaddish Baruch Hu granted us a temporary, momentary window of opportunity, refuge. To save us a remnant, to give us a peg, as it were, in his har, in his um, Yushalayim and temple. To give us a brief respite from what we were going through. Of course, he's referring to the Persian kings like Koresh and Dayevich. Now we've gotten the opportunity and you're still blowing it. Yes. So, but they were blowing it even as Hashem gave them the opportunity. It wasn't like this started after. 
They were already doing it. They got. They go back to Israel. They find. Can't argue with that. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. They they learn nothing. Ki avadim anachnu. We were slaves. We were the same in law as Avnu Elohenu. And we have in love v'yat olenu chesed l'tnei malkei person. Now at this, the the irony is that at this time. Look at the chesed that the kings of Persia have done for us. Satan have given us a, a breathing spot to lift this base of to build our rooms, to give us a fortress, a refuge in Yerushalayim. And remember, we will say it again. The reason he is so devastated is he sees clearer than any human being. This is the end of the dream of a total redemption can't happen and so this, this goes back to my question if if Hashem if, if, if it was happening why did Hashem give them the opportunity if at the same time this is already going on it doesn't make any sense why did he give them the opportunity yes we, we're going to get into you know free will yeah but, but, it, but, but I'm saying at the time he did it these sins were being were taking place it wasn't like they got the opportunity and then they sinned they were sinning, and they got the opportunity while they were sinning. They got the opportunity first to go back. No, but they were they were there. Right? Yeah, no, but Koresh and Daryevich sends them back. Right. And then they go ahead and do this. Okay. They, 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 that's what follow up, but it's still, it does not, you know, justify it. Continues Ezra. What can I say to you? After this, we have abandoned your mitzvahs. That you have given us through the neviim You say in the Torah, the land you're coming to, Eretz It's a land of defilement. He benidas in the defilement of nations, and its abominations. which you have filled. The land is filled from one corner to the other with tumor, and you have fallen right into it. Um, and what he's saying, of course, is that in intermarriage, it is a prerequisite for keeping the land. As the Torah says, you keep intermarrying, you are going to lose your Yerusha. Now, don't give your daughters to their sons, even though we've said that's not really the case. Separate yourself from these nations. Don't ask of their, ingratiate themselves. Speak of their good. Just separate them. So that you will eat of the good of the land, you will inherit it for your children out alum. That's the point. Without, with intermarriage, it is a prerequisite for holding on to that land as a permanent inheritance. And with all of this, that we have done with our guilt and sin. And yet you still have given us, there's still hope, because you've given us this wonderful opportunity to rebuild the temple in Yerushalayim. And as we're going to see, Ezra institutes 
an autonomous system of government. It's true, Paras is the ruling power. You're not a sovereign nation, but you have the authority to rule with your own sovereignty. It's such a great opportunity. If we return to this, which we show every sign of doing, if we return to abrogating your mitzvot, and marrying and intermarrying with these people of abomination. Is it not a logical sequence that ultimately you are going to destroy all of us? Without a remnant surviving. The Mirzashem, we will see how the nation reacts to Ezra's very eloquent plea. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, the last parrot in Ezra, uh, parrot Yud, Atkan, you will not want to miss this, 7.45 a.m. tomorrow.